This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Despite the fact that, as you know, I don't believe in time, I find myself often wishing I had more of it for the things I want to do, the things that give me joy and peace and spark my creativity. But often, it feels like life's obligations can be overwhelming, and I run out of energy for the things that really matter to me. Therapy is a great way to help not only hone in on what's truly important to you, but also to plan how to include more of it in your life. I've found that through therapy, I've become more adept at empowering myself through setting boundaries, making self-care a priority in my day, and making time for mindfulness and rest. As a result, I'm not so afraid of time anymore. If you're hoping to start therapy and are looking for a convenient and flexible way to include it in your schedule, BetterHelp is a great option. It's entirely online, you complete a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you have the ability to switch therapists anytime you like, at no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash darkcold today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash darkcold. Let's make time for a breath before this week's episode. Breathe in slowly. Observe the breath for a moment. And exhale gently. Let's begin. missed you last week. I feel the need to apologize for not being there the first week of this new year. I won't apologize, but I will say that I missed talking to you. I missed telling you a story, but I needed to keep my story for myself last week. That's all right. Here I am now. I hope that you're all right, out there, out in the world where I can't see you, but I can quite clearly hear you somehow, as you can quite clearly hear me. Out there, in this great big dark tunnel, with voices echoing off its moist stone walls, reminding each other that they are not alone 
even as the darkness grows deeper. The darker it grows, the louder we can hear one another. You're welcome here, with me. I can't help but feel the earth shaking and vibrating with chaos outside of my forest. I can't help but hear, in the distance, echoing shouts and sighs and cries. I can't help but see the smoke on the horizon. But I smell... I smell only the cold, crisp air here. And as I breathe in, slowly, and hold my breath, then out, slowly, and hold my breath, then in, slowly, and hold my breath, then out, slowly, and hold my breath. I can't help but remain calm and stretch deeply, feeling the crack, crack, crack of my spine and remembering how much I can grow. And if the world can grow, so too can I to meet its challenges and blessings in kind. Or rather, perhaps instead I should say, if I can grow, so too can the world with me to meet my capacity for strength and compassion. Both are true of me and the world, and of you too, my kind and gentle friend. And it is thinking of this that I sat here, getting accustomed to whatever this new year is. I sat here in both the snowy crystalline forest in my soul, and my strange, silly apartment in my eyes. And I shuffled my tarot cards, feeling quite calm and quite all right, despite everything falling around me. And because I felt quite calm and quite all right, I asked my cards, What do I need? Because I didn't know. Now it is selfish because I'm starting to think I should ask questions more like, What do we need? What does the world need? But as within, so without. And I very much consider myself to be part of the world. And so I don't feel too badly about the selfishness of my question. And I drew the Ten of Swords, this is the second time I've drawn it, but in case you forget, it is... Hmm. Well, it's something like catastrophe. Despair. Sorrow. Betrayal. Picture someone collapsed, with ten swords plunged into them, and yet they have not died. So they feel... What? Pain? Hopelessness? devastation. Beside that, someone or something that they trusted did this to them. Which is worse, the pain of the swords or the treachery of the attack? Either way, this person is at what you might call their rock bottom. But I'm sure you've heard what the deliciousness of rock bottom is, haven't you? 
there's no way to go but up. And whatever betrayed you cannot do it again. You've learned how to protect yourself. Overcome whatever devastation has fallen. Move forward, even stronger than before you've had ten swords plunged into you. Think of the power, the strength of will that such a thing would take, and revel in that. This is why I am not afraid of the Ten of Swords. I was maybe a week ago, when I didn't have it in me to overcome, but rather to, um, endure. But now I think, I think I can speak of it. I have a story. A most monstrous story. A most glorious story. If you are frightened, just hold my hand. Cold and blue and waiting beside you in the wintry darkness of my forest, where we both can stay for the next half hour or so. Even longer if you like. You don't have to leave here just because my voice stops. A most monstrous and glorious story. Once upon a time, a young man found himself in an awful predicament. He was walking through town, one night by himself, and he was a little afraid because some people had gone missing lately. But he was not too afraid, because he knew the town better than anyone else, and he was young after all, and young people often do not fear as much as they should. When a person he couldn't see snatched him from the shadows of an alley, and a whirl of black and gray fabric blurred his vision, and the sting of two fangs plunging into his neck echoed in waves of pain, and then, finally, ecstatic surrender. He knew he was mistaken not to fear the shadows of his own town at night. Luckily, the creature drinking his blood was quickly frightened away by the noise of a passing carriage, brazenly rolling and rumbling and clip-clopping briskly along the stony road. Not luckily. It was too late. He hobbled home, and his parents caught him as he fell in the doorway. But they knew what he was now, or rather what he would become very soon, and they were frightened of it, weeping and apologizing and afraid and remorseful but unrelenting. His parents dragged him to a place outside of town. A tunnel. A sewer, perhaps. No, perhaps not a sewer, but perhaps like a sewer. A tunnel, but he could not see anything on the other side of it. Only blackness. Complete shadow. Where did it go? You are a danger to others, my son, his weeping father said. And to us. We wish it wasn't so, but you must leave us forever. You see, you will hunger for innocent blood soon, 
our blood, his grieving mother said. We will remember you as you were, before you became this monstrous thing. Armed only with a dim lantern, the young man headed down the tunnel. He knew that he should be very sad, but he also knew, deep down, in the most truthful and generous place inside of himself, that he had done nothing wrong, and so he could not be very sad. He was betrayed by those who loved him, but he had done nothing wrong. And so he walked with a little tune in his heart and in his throat. I'm cold and I'm weary and yet I am cheery For blue is the sky and blue is the sea I sigh and I sorrow but I will not tomorrow For blue is the sky and blue is the sea I'm off to the shadows that ever be free Oh, never again shall a body harm me. I'm off to the shadows where I'll be ever free. No, never again shall a body harm me. Never again, never again, never again shall a body harm me. Now, further down the tunnel, he began to grow a little concerned that there were no other sources of light apart from his lantern, which was steadily dying. And he grew even more concerned when he was certain that he heard something breathing, and not far away either. Stay away, young man. A voice said from the shadows, a frightening and terrible voice. For who knows what I will be capable of once I've changed. The young man was afraid for a moment, but then he bit his tongue with the sharp fangs that had newly formed in his mouth. When he tasted blood, it made him... Calm, strong. Who, after all, should he fear? He was a monster himself. Though his lantern was dim, his eyes, now red, could see clearly in the shadows. He glanced at his fingers, which were aching, and he saw now that they were very long indeed, much longer than they were before he had been bitten. No, I have nothing to fear. Not any more, he thought to himself. He came closer to the voice. I am sure it is no worse than what I am capable of now. Do you need my help? Stay away, the voice cried. But she seemed to sound so sad, so frightened, so despairing. So the young man approached. It was a young woman not far from his age, crouched in the shadows, 
alone, as he had been. She was hurt. She too had been bitten by something, though her attack seemed much more ghastly than his. Her dress was badly stained, her face dramatically drained of blood. Something, something like an animal, but more cruel, perhaps, had bitten her. And she was surely dying from the wound. But she didn't. He sat with her and helped her to breathe calmly. In, hold, out, hold. She, too, had drawn the Ten of Swords, it seemed. Or at least he had gathered from their conversation. She, too, had been a victim, and through no fault of her own, had been left here for dead, or worse. Betrayed, betrayed, she wept. And because he understood, it somehow hurt less. And she did transform. It was with great pain, and the accompanying sound of bone stretching, cracking, popping. Sinew being pulled as tight as violin strings and then snapping. Organs growing, shrinking, growing again. But when it was over, she stood in front of him, a huge gray beast, standing on two large legs, looming tall over him, eyes glowing red as blood. But she was still her. She did not attack. In her eyes, he saw the same girl he was just speaking with. And he saw someone who, like him, had had her worst fear come true. And now, she had nothing else to be afraid of. He could tell despite her long woven snout and sharp, terrible fangs that she was smiling. She was breathing steadily. Let's keep going, the young man said, and picked up the lantern, and they kept walking down the tunnel together, and together they sang, all sharp and awful and happy smiles and a little bounce in their monstrous steps. I'm cold and I'm weary and yet I am cheery, for blue is the sky and blue is the sea. I sigh and I sorrow, but I will not tomorrow, for blue is the sky and blue is the sea. I'm off to the shadows, there to ever be free. Oh, never again shall a body harm me. I'm off to the shadows where I'll be ever free. No, never again shall a body harm me. Never again, never again, never again shall a body harm me. They walked and they walked, the tunnel still completely dark and showing no signs of brightening. And yet they were not too afraid even as they heard hoarse breathing coming from close by. 
and even as they walked towards it, lantern raised. Now that they were two, what indeed had these young monsters to fear? Stay away, a voice grunted. Stay away, for who knows what I will crave? Who knows what I will do once I've changed? And a handsome young person stood, shaking, bleeding from a bite themselves, on their arm, a bite that seemed human but was far too vicious for a human. Their skin seemed gray, almost like that of the dead. Stay away. I don't know what I will do once I've changed. I am sure it is no worse than what we two crave now. <laughs> do you need our help? The young woman said, her voice a comforting growl in the darkness. The two young monsters sat with their new friend, and they helped them to breathe. Slowly, in, hold, out, hold. The Ten of Swords, eh? It seems this lost soul had drawn it, too, after being bitten by a ravenous stranger in a cemetery. They, too, had suffered. They, too, had committed no wrong against anyone in their whole life. But they, too, had been betrayed by those they had loved and left here in this place, this cursed place. Hurt, betrayed, abandoned. They wept. You are not abandoned, the young woman said, and smiled at the young man with the red eyes and the fangs. And they remained with their friend, who went through a great deal of pain, more pain than any young innocent ought to ever endure, and then who suffered a terrible death-like sleep for perhaps a minute or two. Then their lungs began to work again. They sat up, undead, or living dead, or not dead, whatever one might call them. They opened their now red eyes. And when they realized that they did not want to eat the flesh of their newfound friends, that their mind was still their own, and they had control over their body and actions, unlike everything their hometown's childish superstition had taught them. They laughed a strange, dead, wheezing laugh, joyful and grateful for having gone through their worst fear and come out the other side, still entirely themselves. And the young woman and the young man laughed with their friend the three of them realizing more and more that they had never been wrong or bad or sinful, or whatever those who had left them here thought they were. They were simply still them. And they kept walking, skipping and laughing and dancing all the way through the tunnel. I'm cold and I'm weary 
and yet I am cheery for blue is the sky and blue is the sea I sigh and I sorrow but I will not tomorrow for blue is the sky and blue is the sea I am off to the shadows there to ever be free oh never again shall a body harm me I'm off to the shadows where I'll be ever free no never again shall a body harm me A light finally began to appear at the end of the tunnel. It was not bright, it was just the moon, and it gently welcomed them to the other side. It had never been a cave, or a sewer, or anything like that. On the other side was a vast expanse of land, trees, bushes, rivers, Covered in snow, because it's winter, silly. It was the wild world. The air open and cold and clean in their lungs. After being in that tunnel for so long, they were grateful to see these sights. These sights the three friends had worried that they might never see again. Though the young man held his arms out to stop his two friends, when he noticed that they were not alone. Watching from the trees, in small clusters, were figures. They were hard to make out in the moonlight, but they were strange indeed. They ran the gamut of every size of human imaginable, as well as monster. Some were even as tall as the trees, some even as small as little birds. Some were shaped like people, sure, but others, others were something else. Like the young woman, some were horrific lycanthropic beasts. Some seemed to be covered in moss or seaweed. Some had tails. Some lived in the river. Some flew in the air on great and terrible black wings. Monsters, 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 my friends. And when all of them turned their gaze on the three young people, the vampire, the werewolf, and the undead, who had braved the terrible tunnel together, Little red lights appeared all throughout the moonlit multitude. All of them had ghastly red eyes, and they all stared at the three newcomers. And they all erupted into laughter and cheer. 
I think that when the Ten of Swords happens and we are left shattered and broken, it may be harder to put ourselves back together. But when we do... Oh, how formidable and gruesome and gorgeous we are. I'm off to the shadows, there to ever be free. Oh, never again shall a body harm me. So come sing our verse, for we are the cursed. And cursed we will stay for its good company. I don't know if we ever stop putting ourselves back together after the Ten of Swords. Perhaps we spend the rest of our lives repairing ourselves. But because of that, do we not grow greater than we ever imagined we could grow? If you should ever have a nightmare and happen upon a throng of shadowy monsters waiting with red eyes, do not fear. Just breathe deeply and realize how strong you must be to have made it here. And remember that they're probably not even hungry. I have been alone here, in my forest, in my little world. Quiet, quiet in this icy forest. I think my blue skin is growing a little tougher, a little harder to pierce. Either that, or it's about to shatter completely and reveal something else, maybe. Something stronger. Something softer. Something stranger. We'll see. Good night, my friends. Be well. Be gentle. Be strong. I will try to be those things, too. Hi, everybody. This is Kristen Zaza here. If you don't know me, I'm the writer, the host, the narrator, the composer, the podcaster at all behind On a Dark Cold Night. How are you this week, my friends? I hope that you're taking care of yourselves, wherever you are, and whatever is going on around you. And as I said, being gentle with yourself and those around you. Sending a little calm and peace your way even if it's just for right now. I'd like to send out some warm thank yous this week to some new Patreon supporters of the show. Big thanks to an anonymous supporter, to Tim Berberick, and to Prerna Matani, all of whom pledged a monthly amount to help support me in my work. Thank you so much, anonymous Tim and Prerna. Your support means so much to me, and I'm so happy that you enjoy what I do. If you'd like to help out in the same way, listener, Head on over to patreon.com slash darkcoldnight, 
where every monthly supporter receives access to the soundtrack of the show, which is steadily growing along with the show. If you would like to donate one time instead and not have access to that perk, you can also support by buying me one or more metaphorical coffees through coffee.com. For more information, head on over to ko-fi.com slash darkcoldnight. If you're enjoying my work, another great way to help spread the word about the show is to leave a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or my Facebook page. I'd really appreciate that. You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter at a dark cold night, Instagram at dark cold night podcast, or on my Facebook and YouTube pages just called on a dark cold night. Also, almost forgot, if you would like to purchase an on a dark cold night t-shirt or hoodie, Feel free to check them out at bonfire.com slash on-a-dark-cold-night. Thank you so much for joining me tonight, my friends. It was weird not doing a show last week, for the first time since Season 2 launched in July. But I needed a break, and I'm glad to be back here telling you my creepy little stories now. Have a good sleep, dear friends. Sweet dreams. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar.